2: Welcome everybody. Monday version of the talkzone.com. Two guys and one mic. Right now it's actually one guy and one mic. Big dog. We're waiting to uh check in, but uh, hopefully he'll be checking in in the very near future. Hope everybody out there had a outstanding weekend. Sports and or otherwise. Plenty to talk about. We got exhibition. Football game one. We got the baseball races here in Chicago. The White Sox on again, off again, on again, off again, off again, off again. They are on again and back in the race. We could talk about that. Carlos Zambrano storming off the moan, storming out of the locker room. PGA Golf, a rookie. Are you kidding me? Rookie playing his first major ever. Wins the tournament championship. Plenty to talk about. Of course, part of the experience of the two guys at a mic show. The music of the talkzone.com. Love this tune. This is not Sugarland, is it, David? It is not. He's shaking his head. David Olson, a man who only comes in the microphone when we ask his particular expertise. By the way, real quick to start the show, we should mention, speaking of music, our sympathies, uh, deepest, deepest, deepest sympathies out to the tragedy that happened at the Indiana State Fair with that uh, sudden storm coming in and uh, the stage, a huge stage. And they got the YouTube video out now. They showed it on the news a little bit too. But the stage collapsing, many injured, four people dead. Just a horrible, horrible tragedy. Um, along with uh, the sports, we'll talk about that today. Right now, let's welcome in my partner, the big dog, Joel Randlanski. Big dog, how are you, my friend? Hopefully, your weekend was a little bit better than the folks at the uh, the fine folks at the Indiana State Fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, the death hole is up to five on that, coach. That's one of the most horrific pieces of video I've ever seen in my life.
2: You know, I would agree with you. And we've certainly seen video where, you know, more people have been killed, but there's uh-huh. something about that. I don't know it was, what, what it was, it, but horrific is a pretty good description of it.
0: Obviously, find people died. They got crushed by a, a stage, But there's something about natural disaster where human beings are completely helpless yep. that makes it so horrifying. You see that skype? We've all seen skies like that. They come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, you get these powerful storms, So, and it could it could have happened to anybody. And, you know, the, the, the India or the National Weather Service has come out, like, trying to protect their blood. So, like, we gave them a 10-minute warning. Oh, that's great. That's really great. They gave the Indiana State Fair 10 minutes to let them know to get everybody yeah. out of there. Yeah, you know, you know, how could you come out with a statement like that, like, immediately? And it's like, I just didn't like the attitude of the guy talking either. It's like, yeah. we gave him plenty of time. Like, really, 10 minutes?
2: But everybody's looking for someone to blame in this litigious society upon which we live. That's you know, it was a tragedy. Point. Nobody meant for it to happen. We don't need to sue anybody or find anybody to blame. At least I don't think so.
0: I I couldn't agree more. I just find it funny that this guy is coming yeah. out like making this comment. That, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Ten minutes obviously isn't enough. And but what did the guy do? It's not like it's it's weather and it's Indiana and yep. Illinois and Iowa. Stuff like that happens.
3: You mm-hmm. know. So yeah. Uh,
0: coach, the, he was just. It, you know, the the girl from Chicago, have you seen the stories and the people yes. talk about the young lady? You know what? Like, like, like I always say, Coach, I don't say good stuff about people when they die because just because to say it. You know, like I only say it if I mean it. The way people have talked about this woman, she was deeply loved, Coach. It's it's really sad. It's a, it's a horrible tragedy.
2: Young lady, you're talking about, uh I believe her last name is Sanchez, and uh-huh. it turned out she and her partner in San... Uh, is it Gabriella? No, I don't think it's Gabriella. Whatever her first name would be, and she did tragically die. She was one of the five that passed away in that, but she was one of the leading gay lesbian activist i guess in the city of chicago even though she was from new york and she was there with her longtime partner at the event her partner is in serious condition in the hospital but she passed away and apparently this young lady mrs sanchez miss sanchez was uh was deeply beloved in the chicago community absolutely yeah. a, a, a great activist for the uh, gay community and
0: mm-hmm. uh, to hear people talk about her coach i yep. mean if, you normally think it was a good person we're going to miss. I mean these people were devastated by mm-hmm. her loss. It was it, it was uh it was really touching to hear people talk about it. Yeah,
2: no question about it. Of course I was at the Wisconsin State Fair last week, so the uh, the whole state fair concept hits home a little bit big Dog, but we do send our deepest sympathies out to our uh, listeners in the Indiana area. Prior to that big Dog, their biggest concern was the fact that their football team was probably going to finish in last place again, but suddenly that uh that becomes secondary to the Indiana fans. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. That, that that could take a little bit of uh angst away from how bad your athletic program could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some other things to worry about. So here I am, Coach, we're another unbelievably fun weekend, you know, out on the Chicago River. Yep. Giving great tours. You know, it, it's funny, that, you know, with this horrible, like the way the weather hit. Now, I'm on the river on, on Saturday morning, and basically – and I told people, hey, we better get out on the river now because we're gonna. it's going to be close at the end for a storm. Mm-hmm. Everybody listened. It was like, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, and I mentioned it to Daddy. He's like, you know, normally people are pretty smart when it comes to being out on a, a fiberglass kayak out on a river if a storm is coming. I'm like, hey, yeah, that makes sense. It's just so funny. My, my, my partner tells me that because, you know, so we get back in and all of a sudden we see the radar and there's a massive thunderstorm that's coming towards Chicago. And some people come in there. we want to ride a kayak. We're like, hey, guys. Look at the storm coming in. I don't care. I want to rent. And the, but we look at it, so we're like, oh, seriously, we just mentioned it, and now some, now somebody wants to totally challenge what we're saying. And we and we tell the guy again, look at how massive this thunderstorm is. And the guy's like, I guy want to go. We wouldn't sell it to him. We're not letting the guy. So we have a whole tour. 20 people show up, and they're like, hey, we're out here for this the <laughs> tour. And I have to explain to them, a massive storm is coming. They're like, oh, okay, we don't want to go out That few more people show up. I want to rent. Well, they go up the Chicago kayak. They rent a kayak coach. They let these guys go out onto the water. They pass us legitimately. They're like, Hey, you see the guys up the river? They, uh, they, uh, let us rent. I'm not kidding you. 15 minutes later, hail, lightning, 35 mile an hour wind. We didn't see those guys the rest of the day. They, basically <laughs> you know, the, the emergency crew for Chicago kayak is flying down the river. <laughs> but oh, what a surprise.
2: Yeah. So, we we didn't hear about any missing people on this we didn't hear at least in the news about any missing people on the chicago river so hopefully they were rescued but uh <laughs> you got to respect the conditions respect yeah. the lake respect the river respect water it certainly uh can be dangerous we've lost a couple of what in the last week or so a couple of marathon uh or, or i should say triathletes right that have uh lost their lives in the swimming part of the competition so, I have no idea what you're talking about, Coach. Yeah, yeah. There's been at least a couple, uh, you know, that, um, and then swimming is normally the first part of the triathlete competition, but, um, that's happened in the past week, two different competitions. So you gotta, you gotta enjoy the water, big dog, but you know it more than any because you are, uh, in it each and every day now as a hardworking uh-huh. Chicago tourist professional on kayaks at the, uh, you know, enjoy the water, but you gotta respect it. You gotta, Understand the, the potential dangers.
0: Now, now, I have trained myself in my pool to be able to swim in the middle of the water for a while. I could probably, yes. I know I can last at least an hour out mm-hmm. in the middle of the water. Do okay. You take
2: the kayak out in your pool just to practice and do some laps no, with the no, kayak. I'm talking
0: about just like legitimately, if I like one <laughs> night was uh, you know having a, a good time at a cocktail party out on the out the lake, yep. and I trip and I fall over into the into the lake, which for me is probably like a thirteen percent chance that it would happen if I was actually out on a boat? Okay, I figured I might as well learn how to ah. stay buoyant enough for a while. So you what actually
2: drink at home, jump in the pool, and practice swimming while you're in somewhat inebriated.
0: Yeah, in the deep end. That's so I, just,
2: e- I have learned d- how
0: to like lay in the in the water. <laughs> my uh, uh, Joe and my uh, my boy who uh, went to West Point taught me how to yeah. basically swim for hours yeah. without well or stay buoyant that's, while I was swimming.
2: That's one of those ones. David Olson and Joel comes up with you know many ideas that that. It's one of those ones that walks the fine line between a truly brilliant idea and one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. And, <laughs> not quite sure. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the benefit of the doubt this one, Big Dog, but barely.
0: And only well, because it's
2: Monday. If you brought that up towards the end of the week with the banter we get into, I'd probably go the other side with you.
0: Well, you know, the funny thing is, Coach, like any type of anything athletic and is my competition, my competitive level, yep. I would say, yes, I should be very good at it. I would never be a good swimmer. Never, ever, Coach. I'm horrible.
2: Yeah, well, What's you don't. You, yeah, you don't have. Uh, you don't have what we call in your body flotation devices.
1: No, nah, I'm a little too thick. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: All right, so uh, we got lots to talk about, big dog. And I know you've got uh, news and notes and all kinds of little. Controversies to bring up. I mean, we got the Carlos Zambrano Cubs. Then we got the White Sox back in the race here in Chicago. Nothing else baseball wise nationally over the weekend of great important PGA golf. We got to talk about that with a Ricky winning it all. And of course, exhibition football, the sport you love so dearly and the team that you love so dearly. The Chicago Bears. Let's start with that big fella. They opened up, uh, taking on the Buffalo Bills exhibition game number one. I don't know what the hell you can tell from it, but apparently our offensive line still. How do we gently put this? A work in progress? Nine sacks they gave up to the dreaded Buffalo Bill.
0: Now, was Lance Lewis even on the field during passing plays, Coach?
2: He was. He was.
0: Uh, and, Ole! And by the way, all five were bad
2: uh,
3: yep.
0: blocking, especially pass blocking.
3: Yep. But Lance. Lance
0: Lewis, coach, that was an embarrassment. That guy is not a yep. He either has to show ridiculous amounts of improvement next week, and then I might give him a tip of the hat, or he cannot start for the Bears. No way. No yep. possible way could this guy be on the football field. Yep.
2: Game one, game one. Let's give him the little benefit of the uh-huh. doubt. It was it not, happened. and I didn't watch much of the game, but the, the, wow. from what I've heard, a little bit of the replays, not a good day. A little revolving door action for Mr. Lance Lewis, but uh, you know, uh Mike Tyson work with him, and uh, hopefully you'd like Big Dong to see a set group on the offensive line hopefully this guy can fit in but we don't want to jumble and mumble like we did last year
0: absolutely not coach absolutely not and, and i really truly hope there's an open competition right now for all five positions yep i wasn't happy with anybody even my guy jamarcus Webb, who i think could be a, a Pro ball caliber tackle mm-hmm. nobody played well in that game. but let's talk about the positive stuff because i i was at big bar at the hyatt what a view that place is, oh, my goodness, Coach. If everybody anybody's downtown and wants to get to want to want get a drink, go to the Hyatt and the Big Bar. Oh, my goodness. So I'm there talking football with everybody around me. It was unbelievable. I'm there with my girlfriend. Next thing I know, she turns me over to the crowd. I had a, during this preseason game, Coach, talking football with about five other guys and there they should be listening right now. Hopefully, they are. What a that's a good bar, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. For now,
2: now, when you say good uh, sports bar, or just real good bar? Uh, no,
0: and no matter what you want to do, if you have a classy girl and you want to watch yep. a football game, yep. Take her to this place because she's gonna be like, Okay, I'll watch football here, no problem.
2: Your girlfriend is definitely she she is definitely upped your level of uh in a lot of areas she's upped your level, but in the sports video watching she's definitely upped the clientele upon which you rub elbows with, if I can say that.
0: This is true. I I, very rarely am I going to the two dollar Miller Highlight vessels and with like, you know, twenty five cent hot wing places to watch. Watch Last year, your favorite
2: stuff. place, I think, was Joe's. I got crabs shot.
0: That was true, Coach. Yes. Uh,
2: so you've definitely... Uh, I my
0: Razors, like, twice a week. <laughs> it was bad.
2: <laughs> you're moving up in the world, my friend. By the way, the phone number, if you want to check in, we'll talk all the sports that happen over the weekend right now concentrating on football but uh anything you want to talk about bears fans want to hear from you baseball round them up and wrap them up we'll get to that and I do want to bring up the PGA golf and the rookie win in the uh championship 8884636748 the phone number 888-463-6748 I apologize big dog I interrupted you as you are about to mention the many many positives of the Bears exhibition game number one, you've got 25 seconds, by the way. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, you know, I, didn't get, <laughs> I only watched the first half. And I guess the positive thing is uh, when they took Cutler out after they saw the, the deluge of bills that were on on our uh, starting quarterback, yes. the Canadian, they kept all, the first thing off the line in. They're basically listen, you guys better learn how to play. You know, they didn't do the, okay, you're going to play a quarter. They were supposed to play a quarter, and they were so bad, they, they kept them out there for a reason. So I, I, I did appreciate that. So that was a positive. And I want this coaching staff to crack the whip a little bit more, especially when areas of this team are atrocious. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's funny when they're tackling the bad preseason, they're always like, don't worry, the first game of the year we'll tackle. And I, it bothers me when they said that, and then they do. And I'm like, wow, well, is those right. they actually do tackle when the season starts. But they are way too soft on their players. I like them being a little bit more hard-nosed when, the team, when they were so bad there. But another positive, Marion Barber. Coach, that man runs angry. Uh quite right upset All I got to say that guy better get 12 carries a game and I hopefully they're on all our third and two situations and when the Bears are up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Let that mm-hmm. guy beat up on a team. That was awesome to watch that guy run.
2: Yeah, I'm, suddenly I'm we've, got, we've got we've got kind of a good problem in the backfield because Marion Barber, the uh the third, right? When we we know Marion Barber.
0: No, no, it's either this, Marion Barber or it's Marion Barber. Eee! Okay? I don't like saying the third anymore.
2: Okay. So but but I'm still
0: guys, like That's a lot better.
2: <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, and I don't want to spend any time on it, but you know what happened to Marion Barber the second?
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know what
2: happened to him. Yep. Yeah, some, somehow that happened, uh, he disappeared. If, if anybody knows the whereabouts of Marion Barber II, please give us a call. 888-463-6748. But they got a little bit of a, a good problem in the backfield because you still got Chester Taylor.
0: No, no, who, no, 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 dude, no, they don't,
2: coach. Well, you know, let's just put Come it, on. he's still out there with, you know, and he, up until last year, he was a very good, at least second running back and then the kid Khalil Bell. Who at times looked pretty good last year. Big dog. He had a great exhibition game yesterday, and he's putting his hat in the ring. So they're the the Bears, and obviously Matt Forte is your starter. You got maybe not a star, but you got a lot of weapons in the backfield.
0: Uh, uh, Chester Taylor has got to be cut. Okay, they only have so much money to go around. For they have plenty of money to go around, but uh, I run much with, obviously Forte is their starting running back. Marion Barber is their hammer, their force. Yep. Okay. And Khalil Bell should be the guy they keep around because potentially he could end up being just as good as Matt Forte, if not better. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why keep Chester Taylor around, who's a 12-year veteran, making $5 million a year?
2: The only reason reason is, the only reason would be to forget last year and go back to the tapes of Chester Taylor as a Minnesota Viking just two years ago. Not not mind you, not five years ago. Two years ago, watch tapes of him running against the Bears. That's the only reason to keep him around.
0: Well, do do we really need four running backs? No. That's that's the problem. But Chester Taylor, you know, he'll block a guy. uh, If you're on a passing play, he's got good hands. He's a good running back. But the situation the Bears are in now, you have to look at things. There's a salary cap in this league, so you have to figure out the production you get out of a player and what you're paying him. If you're paying a guy Mm -hmm. $5 million to be a four-string player, even though he's the best fourth string running back possibly in the history of the game, can't pay him $5 bucks, so you got to cut
2: him. Again, again, a good problem to have. And he might be the odd man out, but the running back situation looking pretty good. I think yeah, they listed all the teams in the uh, opening game. And, again, it's day one of the exhibition season. I know we want to talk football. None of it means anything. But uh, we were second worst for uh, passing yards of any team, Big dog. 94 total yards in the opening game.
0: I don't care about those. That's all because of nine sacks, coach. We, we've already discussed it. They got sacked nine times, so that's probably about fifty hours of losses just in. Uh, so that's so they probably threw for one hundred and fifty, but they, that, got, they lost fifty-six, and, and so.
2: I should that. know this. My my football mind is not uh, finely tuned just yet. Do sacks count against passing yards, rushing yeah. yards, or are they separate?
0: The NFL does it properly. They're counting against your passing yards. Passing not yards. a quarterback passing yards, but the team's net passing yards. Okay. So you'll see stuff like Peyton Manning threw for 318 yards, and the Colts had 297 yards passing mm-hmm. because they got sacked twice and lost so many yards. So. You know, okay. they do it. Now in, the, in college football, the count against the quarterback's rushing yards, which is the stupidest thing, is stupid. So you'll end up seeing, like, I've seen games where Oklahoma, they legitimately held Kansas to negative, like, 50 yards rushing one game because they had, like, 10 sacks and they only allowed, like, 20 yards rushing. So they had negative – quarterback had, like, negative 70 yards. So they had negative yards rushing. But even though they really ran the ball properly, mm-hmm. I have no idea why they do it differently.
2: Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, other observations, Big Dog. Are you done with the positives or, uh, God forbid, you actually have a couple of more? Bears, by the way, did win the game over Buffalo 10-3 to at a thriller.
0: Well, let's talk positive. Henry Melton, our guy. Woo! Oh, my goodness. The Bears 4th round draft pick, the guys are running back at Texas, and they, they draft him to be a, a defensive end that gets after the quarterback, and this guy can play tackle, he can play end. If you – some people judge the criticism differently. I think Henry Melton might be one of the best athletes on the Chicago Bears. If you think about the fact that the guy can bench press 500 pounds, but he can also vertical chuck 36 inches. I mean – Put those two together and put him into a package, and have that guy go chase a quarterback with
2: mm-hmm. relentless leap. That's a stud, coach. Yeah, and now he's learning how to play at the NFL level, and it's mm-hmm. becoming what I would call uh, functional, uh, practical athleticism. In other words, he's putting that you know, five hundred pounds, thirty-six inch vertical leap is great, but now he's starting to use it as a football player and make effective plays. Yo, he oh, he yeah. was good.
0: And uh, the one thing I like about him, I, I use the word relentless. When he's on the field, he doesn't stop, coach.
3: Yep,
0: he's were that's why when you see guys that play that way, the way Mobile Akoye is going to play for the Bears, guys that go all out all the time, that's why you got to have fresh defensive linemen.
3: Mm-hmm. You got to
0: have two levels. You got to have a first team and a second team. So, because if you have four guys out there that truly continue to hammer people like Adonijay and Peppers throughout the whole play, you know, that's very difficult. So you end up getting very tired. So the fact that the Bears will have depth on the defensive line, is one of the biggest keys. Uh, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you have to have a great defensive line and, and, and a functional quarterback. It's as mm-hmm. simple as that.
2: Yep, defense played pretty well. I don't know how good the Buffalo offense is, but uh, <laughs> game one of the exhibition season under their belt. i got the Giants coming up next Sunday. I don't know other games around the NFL. Big Dog, I don't know if there was anything real indicative. No major injuries. Uh I guess you got some young quarterbacks battling for spots, but again, exhibition game one, and it's different because these teams have had so little to practice. You really couldn't tell much from week one, I don't think.
0: No, no, no. Let's let's not start judging teams and and getting too much into stuff. And just as watching it as the Bears, is the simple thing I bring up the offensive line. If they had been great last year, I wouldn't even have thought of it. Oh, they had a nine sack game. That well, they'll, they'll figure it out. But as atrocious as they were last season. You got to worry that this is indicative of what could happen again. So uh, those are the only things that I guess you can look at is uh, areas of concern for a team that they had last year. Did mm. it wear up again in game one? Yeah,
2: I, I didn't watch much of the game. You're absolutely right. By the way, and again, you want to check in, talk a little Chicago Bear football exhibition football, folks. Eight 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 four six three six seven. 4-8, Big Dog and a coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. One hour, and one hour only, Big Dog. We are limited in our sports conversation. We're trying to get this to be a two- or three-hour show, but right now uh, we're down to an hour, and the way things are going, we might be down, you and me might be doing like five-minute intervals. That might be about the best we're going, unless our ratings start to pick up a little bit. Um I was watching the game a little bit, just briefly looking at the game at a uh, location, which was loud, but the TV was on. But I did look over at the screen, I think, Either at halftime or at the end of the game, and the, and they had the passing stat. Jay Cutler, one for one, zero yards. I'm yeah. like, okay, we're picking up right where we left off, folks. Woo, way to get fired up in exhibition game. Caleb Haney was what three for seven for like forty yards.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the exact stats yeah. were, Coach. Yeah. I, I I I watched the game. The sun was not even on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, one. I think I didn't get any any like. Information.
2: That's a, that's a great stat, though. One for one, zero yards, and your day oh, is done.
0: By the way, Cutler and Forte, the thrower and catcher, were hammered on the play. So that's great. We're back to the <laughs> dump and duck. Dump the ball off, and the receiver has to duck. He's uh, about to get hammered.
2: Yeah, let's, yeah, that's great. And then and then let's take the rest of the day off. <laughs> All right, so uh, suffice it to say, Mike Tice has a busy week of work uh, ahead of him.
0: Mike Tice has a lot of work ahead of him because, you know, there's one thing – to actually teach a guy who he's supposed to block and the the philosophy of the offense and figure out like, you know the number of the guy that you're supposed to block in every play. That's you know that's, that's one thing, coach. But when you have to teach Lance Lewis how to move his feet and it's August fifteenth, the Bears are in trouble. Okay, seriously, that's <laughs> not good, coach.
2: Oh, I love it. We got the big dog getting in his uh Miniature panic mode all right. Don't forget, we got we have a backup plan. If the Lance Lewis experiment doesn't work, you take Chris Spencer. Ooh,
0: you got you got a fat son.
2: What?
0: Who's going to be the Bears? They have nobody at, at guard. That's, well, that's,
2: sure they do. You got Chris Spencer moving over to center, and you move Roberto Garza back to guard.
0: Well, Chris Spencer better hurry out the Bears' offense immediately so we can get Garza back at guard. Really, yeah. I mean Cutler can't. Um, we can't get Cutler hurt in the preseason game. We're playing the Giants next week. Remember what happened when they played the Giants last year?
2: I do. Yeah, one of the one of the scariest sights, one of the worst displays of offensive line play. Honestly, one of the worst that I, that I have ever seen in my NFL watching career.
0: It was, coach. It, it was, and it wasn't yeah. just because it was the it was the Bears and we were sickened no. by it and they were winning at the time and we yep. thought they might be good. It wasn't just that. It it, it truly was. Uh, Herm Edwards, I remember him saying he's that was the, as bad as I've ever
2: seen a team play Herm Edwards. <laughs> Herm Edwards is good, by the way. He's getting more and more play, tie, play time on whatever it is. I get mixed up with the networks now, but, uh, and I hear him on the radio too. He's, he's definitely getting out of his coach mode into the commentator mode. I like him. He's got some color to him. Uh, I, I for one big dog, I'm sticking in the Lance Lewis camp, partly because at the Lance Lewis camp, the food is really good. It's got to be, Coach. Yes. It's got to be. That man is a very large individual. In fact, my nephew was celebrating a going-away dinner as he's about to head off to college, and they went to Joe's, what are they called, Joe's Stone Crab?
0: Oh, over there on Rush yes. and uh, Illinois.
2: Yeah, apparently yeah. where a lot of beautiful people go to be seen. And, uh, yes, yes, they do. And while they were enjoying a nice bone-in ribeye, the Bears' offensive line walked in. And he said, A, they are extremely large people, and B, that they uh, eat an incredible amount of food.
0: Oh, I could imagine.
3: Yeah.
2: Can
0: you? They probably eat two entrees, and they also get appetizers. Oof. You know, you don't. They don't ever go and order tapas, okay? Because no. somebody's gonna miss a, be missing a finger, okay? If, if that ever happens, <laughs> can you imagine the offensive line trying to share yeah. some food
3: yeah.
2: at, at a
0: Spanish tapas restaurant? Yeah.
2: And <laughs> by the way, you know, I, I get... like those tapas restaurants, but um, not tapas. But tapas.
0: Tapas, yeah. yes.
2: Where they bring around the little... a little...
0: Pretty good tapas restaurant.
3: Yeah,
2: over. it sounds like... Right. I went to one in Evanston recently. I wasn't even familiar with what a tapas restaurant was, but uh, very good.
0: Really? You've got a classy wife. She hasn't dragged you out to one of those events yet. Not Women particularly. No,
2: I was. I was. I I felt like I was a little bit out of it, but I uh, definitely enjoyed it.
0: I, I really am surprised, Coach. And you go out with a lot of people, so I, I'm kind of shocked.
2: Oh, well, thank you very much. Chipotle, I mean, you know, Chipotle is my number one stop right now. They don't—that's not considered tapas, I don't think.
0: No, that's uh, there's Spanish and then there's Mexican ripped off food by an American company. <laughs> don't, They're not even done right away. So
2: don't never. knock my I, favorite. I'm surprised right. you like Chipotle so much, Coach. A uh, big fan of Chipotle. Big okay. fan of your bullet. All right. Uh eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number, Big Dog and the coach at your service. One hour show. we got to keep moving along. Baseball news over the weekend. Big Dog. I mentioned at the top of the show. Up again. Uh down again. Up again, down again, down again, down again, down again. They're back up again. The White Sox have hit five hundred, beat the Kansas City Royals two out of three over the weekend, and um they fought their way into contention. Got Cleveland Indians coming to town tomorrow.
0: Okay, coach. Now all year long, I would always say they can't say they're in contention until they're at 500. Well, you know, usually on August 15th, if you reach 500, well, that means you're still 10 games out of first place. Yep. Because normally somebody, you know, well, I guess this year it doesn't really matter. The Sox legitimately will have a chance. I don't know what the records are between Detroit and and Cleveland right
2: now, mm-hmm. but
0: I'm willing to bet you the White Sox are within three and a half games of first place.
2: I think Detroit, they are four games behind Detroit, only a game and a half behind the Cleveland Indians. Okay. And again, Cleveland coming to town tomorrow so they can make some hay. But you know the last three, four times they've hit that 500 mark, they've slidden back. So let's see if they can overcome that particular jinx, if you want to call it that
0: and Cleveland's really hard to get a a, a grip on cuz they were really horrible for a long time after starting off as one of the the best starting major league baseball for the first six weeks. And uh, the last the last like 10 days coach are starting to play good baseball again so mm-hmm. we'll see We'll see what happens
2: with them. 60 wins, 60 losses, uh, 120 games. So we are three-quarters of the way through the baseball season. Big dog, time flies when we're having fun. We're officially into the stretch run here, and uh, certainly the American League Central, one of those divisions to watch out for. Paulie Canerco, by the way, on base all five times yesterday, which is kind of a good thing and a bad thing. I don't know if you've seen him run lately after he had his injury.
0: He's slower than he used to be, Coach.
2: He can barely move. I mean, they've got him in the lineup as a DH, and he gets on base all five times. The guy's an absolute gamer. He's a warrior, but uh, yeah, he he is already, as we know, he was not a bad base runner, just slow,
0: really, really slow. Yeah, well, he's try- slower than he used to be.
2: Yes, significantly.
0: Oh my goodness. So uh, <laughs> now, it, honestly, if if Faulkner goes a DH, and he cannot move. I make sure he's on base every single time as the opponent manager. I make sure I just tell, not pitch around him because that usually means you'll throw him right down the down the heart. I would just tell, don't intentionally walk him, but just like tell the, like bounce the ball. Make sure just put him on base, make I'm, him suffer. I'm not, I'm not kidding you, Coach. These when these people finally started doing that, to McGuire McGuire. Like basically his career plummeted, plummeted because he couldn't handle running the bases two or three times a game because his legs. Were
2: so bad. You know, as you're saying that again, you, similar to the first idea you had earlier in the morning, I'm not sure if you were kidding or if you were if that was actuality you were talking about.
0: Yeah, they, and plus you put when they used to put McGuire on base, I remember the first guy that ever said the White Sox need to walk Mark McGuire because. If you put him on base, it clocks up the whole bases, and the guy can't move anyways. And there's a one in there's a one in eight chance right now. If you throw him strikes, he hits the ball of the park anyways. So the White Sox decided to walk him that series. White Sox swept the Cardinals in St. Louis. It was uh, it was Hawk Harrelson, and I'm, I don't like taking advice from Hawk Harrelson, but <laughs> you know right now, Paul Canarco is the best hitter in the White Sox. If you got Adam Dunn or Alex Rios sitting behind Paul Konerko, you put Paul Canarco on. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to tell you, he ain't going past first
2: base. It's an interesting theory. And at first, I thought, you know, you're kidding, and it's humorous, and it's obviously not a, a real strategy in baseball, but the more I think about it, you're absolutely right. Basically, you walk welcome to set up the double play.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and the simple fact, Paul is the only guy in this lineup that you fear. He's one of the top ten hitters in the game, maybe top eight right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit 335 home runs every single year. So you, who cares if you put this guy at first base? He's not going to steal. He's not going to go first to third on you. So that's, if I'm playing the White Sox, I there's no way I pitch to Karnoko right now if you're telling me he's even slower than he used to be. I
2: don't know if you pitched to Brett Lillibridge, but he's the guy who uh, hit the home run first inning yesterday, by the way. He had a three-run homer, got the White Sox off to a good start. He's filling in at first base. He's been a great fill-in this year. Brett Lillibridge, I don't know if they have a baseball award for the top Basically, the NBA equivalent of the top six man. if they did. I don't think they do, but if they did, Big Dog, Brent Lillibridge in the team picture. Maybe a solo shot of Brent Lillibridge for that award.
0: Coach, you know what? Maybe that's what uh, either you or I or just me have to do. Maybe we'll sponsor J.C. Sports and T's 10th Man of the Year award. Yes. And we'll, and we'll hand it out to somebody. We'll have to make you You're going to have to spend like uh, like 500 bucks on the trophy. you got to make it at least decent. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we'll have a big dramatic uh, placing of it. Give it to Brent but Maybe we get a little bit of publicity out of it. It's interesting. You what I'm saying? I like it. I mean, you can go back over the years. Brent Lillibridge is a World Series caliber test guy off your bench. Like, yes. oh, you need someone to play center field? Well, guess what? This guy is almost gold glove caliber in center field. If oh, you need somebody to play third or second, yep, he can do it. You need a sacrifice fly. Well, this guy will look for a high pitch to make sure he hit something in the air. The guy just plays baseball the right way. Like Brett Littlebridge, White Sox have a keeper right there.
2: Probably one of those guys. And I remember the Cubs used to have a guy like that, too. I think Jose Vizcaino, who was a oh, okay. great
0: – Was a really good one of those coaches. Yes, great, uh, one just of those, yeah.
2: great fill-ins, but it's, it's – you know, you hate – it's almost like an insult to the guy, but one of those guys where if you put him in a set position and play him 140 games and play him regularly – they probably aren't as effective. Some guys are like that. I'm not sure Brett Lillibridge will want to hear that, but that might be the case. Kind of a backhanded compliment, Big up.
0: Well, if, if you get a guy, okay, so you, if you play Brett Lillibridge every day, you're going to find out that he's going to hit uh, 260 with 15 home runs, steal 20 bases, uh, drive in 75 runs. And you, But you realize he did the right thing all the time when he was playing, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, that's not really center field caliber worthy for a team like the White Sox. You know, but when you think about it, you can just throw a guy in like that. Then it's worth it. That's the thing. Because I don't think like they get worse, coach. I just think that you know, if you have an everyday starter, you want a guy. Like, if you have an everyday starting center fielder, you want the guy to hit at least two eighty-five with twenty
1: homers. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking. At least, so at least. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, big dog and a coach. at your service right up until eleven o'clock. Halfway through our excursion here. By the way, big dog, we are expecting one day this week. The uh, the great Babitsky, I don't know if you remember him or not. Sam Babitzky going to make an appearance in the studio. And I don't know your schedule or not. Are you good all five days this week, or do you have a weakness one day? Uh,
0: I might have a weakness one day this week. I'm not sure. I got to go get my schedule from Water Riders. I think we're going to have a uh, we're going to have a training day coach where they just throw me in the river and somebody has to go in and save me. <laughs> I well, that when sounds, I like, when I'm the base. sounds
2: like sounds yeah. like a good a good time would be had by all except you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What if I, I? I hate to say this, but what if someone does not pass the test? Does that mean?
0: That, that probably means that I might miss more than one day this week.
2: <laughs> and, and you don't know what day that will be, huh? Oh,
0: no, no, All I right. don't.
2: All right. Well, we will have the great Babitsky in the studio one of these days. Of course, we will play one of our favorite games, favorite segments. Here, we'll ask people to email in with questions, and we'll do uh, what would Babitsky say. You remember that segment?
0: Oh, I know. I know. And I got to be quite honest with you. Uh, from what I understand, even Jesus listens
2: to what you would say. Let's not get carried away. 888 uh, 463 We got that coming up this week. We'll talk a lot of football. Not so much today, but we'll definitely get into college football as that starts to sneak up on the horizon. So, uh, lots to come here. Some good stuff over the course of the week. We'll jump off the sports page as well. By the way, one quick off the sports page note in the world of movies, David Olsen, Planet of the Apes. The Rise of the... Now, I'm not a big planner. I watched the first one. Had no interest in sequels, two, three, four, whatever the hell they
1: were called. But this one,
2: this sounds extremely good. I'm anxious to see this, except nobody will go
1: with me. It's it's getting fantastic reviews. Yes. Great word of mouth. Could end up being like a, the sleeperhead of the summer. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, James Franco needed one. So that's good for him. You know, Coach, if you want to come on down to the city to to the massive AMC down here, yes. uh, you can watch with a girlfriend and I will go watch it with
2: you. Okay. So how about, about it? i sure well,
1: treat you. Okay. okay. I might take okay. you up
2: on that because right now i got no one to go with. Yes, sir. And just, to,
1: and just to clarify, it's not really a sequel, it's more of a reboot. Yes. It's because, the rise
2: of it. It's like. It's, yeah, it's, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, so so
2: it's kind, it's kind of
1: a, it's a remake. It's a remake of one of the ones of the original series. Mm-hmm.
0: So it has nothing to do with the Mark Wahlberg, How in the Bottom Carter story. No,
1: yet, ab, at zero. All. Zero. Okay. Okay. Which I like that one, by the way. I'm not even familiar.
2: Helen Bonham Carter was in Yeah, the one yeah, yeah.
1: One Tim Burton did a remake of the Planet wow. of the Apes. Uh, it, okay. Close to ten years ago. Oh, a remake of the original. Remake of the original. Yeah. Any good? Yeah,
0: that's see, in, when it came yeah. out. I thought maybe this might be like the second because there was a there was a bunch of it was a series. The first one with Charlton Eskin, right?
1: Yes. Yes. It,
0: it was okay. Mm-hmm. I never saw any of those, which are supposed to be phenomenal. The Planet of the Apes.
1: They uh, they haven't aged well. <laughs> they they haven't aged well. I've, I've seen them all. Well, the first one's a classic. Yeah, absolutely. The first one's a classic. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. one that one's fine, but you get to the further ones. Yeah. You know, especially uh, the ones where the monkeys come back in time to our era. Mm-hmm. And it's that yeah they they didn't age well. Yeah. Uh, well. But that's Good. <laughs>
2: At any rate, it's Killing at the box office. Planet of the Apes, your number one movie of the, I think, the last couple of weekends. So uh, we'll talk some stuff off the sports page as well over the course of the weekend. The phone number, if you want to check in, we'd love to hear from you. Comments, questions, criticisms, good thoughts, bad thoughts, or anything in the vast in between. 888-463-6748. Before we get to the PGA Golf, big dog, we got to mention the Chicago Cubs. First of all, they're winning. Despite what went on with Carlos Zambrano, they beat the Braves two out of three. I think nine of their last, uh, no, 11 of their last 14. So A, they're winning. And then B, please comment on the whole Carlos Zambrano fiasco. which happened on Friday?
0: Just want to let you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back. They, they're going to continue to go on a nice little wall. And in about 20 days, you're going to see something. Wow. The, the Cubs are 18 and four with, since Zambrano retired and was kicked off the team. Seriously, that's going to happen. So all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you know, Carlos Pena is going to get hot, and the Cubs are going to give him a three-year contract next year for $50 million. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen the rest of the season.
2: <laughs> so you're one of those guys that's going to find a negative, even as our beloved Cubs start to win.
0: I will say this, the Zambrano thing is freaking hilarious, Coach. The Cubs needed a little color this year. This is cool. And plus, think about it. They don't have to pay in the rest of the season. You know, that saves them, uh, like, uh, what, a hundred. Maybe. We figured out one day, $115,000 a ball game. They Maybe.
2: Maybe. That, as we speak, that's being uh, disputed by the Players Association.
0: It's ridiculous. That guy needs that what an embarrassment, Coach. You know, I've been in that guy's corner forever. Yeah. You know, but really, I have. If you, from the original, I was always the one. Terry Wood and Mark Fire. forget them, that. Carlos Obrano our best pitcher. I would say that in 03. And people were like, you're out of your mind. And, well, it was uh, whatever. But, see, the thing is, I've been on this guy. I, I'm not going to defend him anymore. Come on. What an embarrassment. Throwing at Chipper Jones. If he's going to throw at people. Don't throw at Chipper Jones. Yep. Okay? And you're throwing at his legs. That's a, there's a few guys. Chipper Jones totally classy and stuff. I, and I, I'm all about throwing at people. And uh, I really am, Coach. You know, there's something. He did throw low. But out of all the people on the team, don't pick Chipper Jones or Dan Ugler because he was in the middle of a hit streak. But he had mm-hmm. already gotten a hit. Might as well plunk him. Yeah, so it just it, it just peeled me a little
2: bit. And, it's kind of right. sad because eighty percent of Carlos Zambrano is a pretty good guy, and he's a competitor. And you watch him when he's not pitching; he's he's involved. Yeah, he's yeah, you know a cheering on the teammates. He's involved in the team. He's definitely a competitor and stuff. It's that that fifteen percent of them, which apparently he cannot control, that uh, unfortunately destroys an otherwise pretty good and charismatic other eighty-five percent. Too bad. Coach,
0: Everybody that I've ever met that has had a personal experience with Carlos Zambrano comes away saying, "I had no idea the guy was such a sweetheart. He's like the biggest teddy yes. bear, yep. nice guy you ever want to meet." Okay, and then, and then he'll snap. He just freaking snaps. And I love what the agent said. This this one is really funny. You know, normally you know, oh, he was misunderstood misquoted. Yeah. This one was great. When Zambrano told the clubhouse boy that he was retiring and cleared all this stuff, he was joking. He was just joking. It was a joke. Yeah. He was just wanted to kid everybody. Wow. Yeah, he really seemed like he was joking when he was MF and the whole entire Atlanta Braves bench at mm-hmm. to the top of the in the
2: dugout. Yeah, that's your that's your agent doing a little. Uh, what do they call that? Protective. Um, there's a term for it, which I can't think. But he's he's doing what any good agent would do. But yeah, I I saw those comments and I did find it kind of humorous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, we'll we'll see. It looks like this is the end of the line, the final straw. I, I'm kind of torn between it. Where let's move on, and you know. Different attitude in the clubhouse and stuff, and there. But there's still a part of me that says, you know what, uh, just deal with Zambrano. Don't overplay everything he does. Mike Quade, I think early in the year did a good job of that. Actually, while the media was building it up, got to get rid of Zambrano. I forget what the first couple of blow-ups were early in the year. Zembrano, uh, you know,
0: him and Robert Ramirez, did they? They got into it, right? Was that that was.
2: Was that this year or last yeah, year before the and, and when he criticized Carlos Marmol, but you know, Quad, brought him in, talked to him, minimized it, brought him back, and you just—part of me says, you know what? You just forget the little blowups, don't build them up too much, get him back on the team, say, Carlos, don't worry about it. And here we go. I know you got upset a little bit. Try to control yourself. You know, go back to anger management for a couple of couple of sessions, and uh, and don't overblow them. I'm saying that's just part of me wishes they would take that approach.
0: Actually, I think Carlos Zambrano should be the Cubs closer.
2: Oof. That's the Can you least.
0: You imagine it... that, having somebody that volatile at the end of your game? Because you, we we see the Brian Wilson blowups. Could you imagine the Zambrano blow ups when he came? I mean, I would <laughs> want <laughs>
3: oh.
0: him to be the Cubs closer just so I could see what happens oh, okay. when he was on the field when the game is actually decided. You know, yeah. when he has these blow ups, it's in the third inning because he's a starting pitcher. Oh, so so he said... got hit really hard today. He freaked out. What happens when he gets really hit really hard today and he blows a 5-2 to two lead at Wrigley Field? Oh, my, that would be fun. There would so, be no Ivy left on the wall.
2: So you, right. want, <laughs> so you want him as the closer or strictly for the entertainment value?
0: At this point, what else yeah. do I have as a Cub fan? Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I,
2: I, <laughs> I like Saturday's game big time. Here's what you like as a Cub fan. Saturday's okay. game, Darwin Barney, four I hits. Starlin oh Castro, four hits. Tyler Colvin, a double In a triple, that's the the box score that I like. Those three guys. Yes, I'm including uh, Tyler Colvin in there. Those three guys are the future of your Chicago Cubs.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to get all like everybody else is hating hating on the Cubs right now because you know we have been the the bears of hey you know we got a lot of young talent. Let's try to enjoy this season for what we have. I just want to have a, a little bit of fun at Zombrano's expense. Mm-hmm. Coach, that's, that's all we have really as Cubs fans. Is we do have a couple young players that hopefully we can okay. have a core. And by the way, did you see the Darwin Barney catch that ended Dan Ugla's
2: 33-game hitting? Season? I have not yet seen it. Uh, well,
0: it's, it's his play of the year. Yeah, Darwin Barney has had unbelievable catches. He's had web gems. He's had the, the number one play on SportsCenter this year from catches. This is... His best play he has made as a professional. It is unbelievable. He ran 115 feet. They did a, ESPN did the whole, you know, from where he started and where he caught the ball. Dan others said he hit the ball, and he's like, I'm watching Colvin. And it, and he's like, oh, yeah, Colvin can't get to it. I'm going to get my hit. And he's like, next thing you know, there's a guy flying in the air catching mm-hmm. the ball. you got to see it, Coach. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, if,
2: if I do need to see that because he, he's my favorite, thing. favorite player on the Cubs, Darwin Barney and Big Dungeon both. Give ourselves a nice uh, pat in the back. Uh, we were, you know, five games into the year. It took us five or six games. And I remember both of us commented. You know, we watched enough baseball to say, you know what, this guy not only a talent, but he's a player. Knows how yes. to play the game. We were, we were two of the first on the Darwin Barney bandwagon.
0: Uh, with our, and, and coach, I remember, I was on it last year when they brought him up. Yeah. I, I just loved because all I read about the kid was. He's smart and he can catch the baseball no matter where they put him on the field. The guy makes plays. So I was like, oh, I'm, I was excited. And last year he came up. And I remember like the first game he hit like behind a runner. Yep. And then he bunted and then he even, like he turned a double play and I'm like, wow, the little things, the things that you yeah. don't notice unless you watch every game and your team wins hundred games and your second baseman hits like 280 with five homers and you realize yeah. he might be your best and, player.
2: And the you kinds know. of things the Cubs have so sorely missed over the last what 45 In years.
0: Denver. Yeah. Like, in 98, they had Mickey Morandini, and he was that guy. He did all the little things, and he was awesome in the Morandini. field. Do you remember how good of a year he had in 98, Coach? Yeah. Everybody was so in 98. Well, the Cubs don't go to the playoffs if, if Mickey Morandini is not their second baseman. If, if they had still had – well, whoever was in 97, I forget who it was. But like Ray Sanchez, they would not have gone to the playoffs.
2: Mm-hmm. Ray Sanchez at second base? Yeah, remember he was he yeah. was
0: a second baseman because uh, – Yeah, well, but is I, that – I forget who was in '97. My point, because I mean, he played short too. He was mm-hmm. he was a shortstop in '97. Yeah. But, but basically, my point is, you really do need those scrappers, coach. And the Cubs have a core of scrappers. So mm-hmm. hopefully, they have some guy that has a power bat in their in their minor league system, a, a true one. They've got a couple guys that are putting up ridiculous numbers in the minor leagues, as in home runs and RBIs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hopefully, that can translate to. Uh, The major league because they got a shortstop in the second baseman who can catch the ball. Did you see Stalin Castro's play in the hole yesterday? Did not. Went into the hole. Most of their plays of the year happened this weekend because Castro went into the hole. I mean, I know it's Chipper Jones, but he threw him out by like, you know, he did the Terrence jump throw and threw out Chipper Jones by about 20 feet. Castro's arm is just short of Dunstan's coach.
2: Yeah. His fielding has uh, the consistency. It's not an adventure every single time now. It's getting. It's not great yet as far as consistency, but it's getting better, and that's what you want to see: progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't make consistent plays, yeah. but he makes wild plays mm-hmm. all
2: the time. I'm having a little bit right now. Speaking of the young players, I don't know about you, but I'm experiencing a little bit of DJ LW. Uh,
0: DJ Lemayhew
2: withdrawal. I've got a little DJ. I need to see a little more DJ Lemayhew.
0: That's fine. I know. Uh, too bad they they couldn't move Aramis Ramirez because uh,
2: yeah,
0: I was hoping to get a possible uh, like young pitcher in the minor league system and, mm-hmm. and, and just get Lemayhu out there a more. I think Lemayhu has to be. He's not going to be anything more than a uh, than a backup ball player, but can yeah, play about a bunch that. of positions. I, I'm not ripping him. I think he's one of those smart guys that can fill in a bunch of roles like Brent Lillibridge that we were talking about. That's, okay,
3: I've,
0: I just can't imagine him. Being a all star caliber position player right now.
2: I got a higher level when the Cubs celebrate uh, after a hundred and four year wait, celebrate a two thirteen two thousand thirteen World Series. Uh, I'm a man with foresight, big dog, I'm always looking ahead, you know that. Um I've already got DJ LeMahieu penciled in at shortstop, with Barney at second and Starlin Castro over at third for your two thousand thirteen. Uh World Series winning Chicago Cup.
0: I don't think that's gonna happen. I if LeMay, he was in the starting lineup for the Cubs, which is a long shot, it's, they're going to put him at third. Even though you, both of us have talked about the fact we think that Castro should uh, move to third base, the Cubs aren't going to do it, buddy. They're mm-hmm. not
2: going to do it. Okay, well, a lot can happen in two years. But at any rate, on the Darwin-Barney front, give yourself a pat on the back, my friend, a good pat on the back. By the way, at the uh, Wisconsin State Fair, I did see your favorite Irish singer, Pat McGroin. I I haven't actually seen them, Coach. Yep. They introduced him. Uh, they said, oh, please welcome Pat McGroin. The guy next to me said, Pat, you're on. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Hey, work with me, big dog. Work with me.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just – I. I... My back went into a cramp, and I couldn't move, and I didn't even
2: know what you said, Coach. It's only Monday. we got four more days together, Big Dog. Plenty of time to get on a roll, 888-463-6748. Anytime you want to interrupt us, feel free to do so. We highly encourage it. Give us a call. We'll get you right on any sports thoughts from over the weekend. Real quick, Dog, we got to mention the final... Major golf tournament of the year, a spectacular finish to that particular tournament. I did tune in for the back, not only the back nine, I saw about the back 11. Final 11 holes via the tape machine. It was a beautiful thing. Fast forward through all the boring parts. Uh But a rookie. First time ever playing in a major. Keegan Bradley wins the championship. I hope you were able to catch a little bit of it.
0: No, I, I didn't get to watch any of it. Uh, Luckily for me, I was able to uh, do two tours on Sunday. So I didn't get to see it. But what I understand, Keegan Bradley, uh, from the highlights that I saw, played phenomenal down the stretch. And uh, and then the, the Duffner kid had a, a really, really rough stretch, too. Yep. And, and by the way, Coach, I don't mean to interrupt you, but right now on ESPN, yep. I will get back to the golf. There is a Watkins going. The actual race is being run right now because they couldn't run it yesterday because they had so much rain there. Denny Hamlin just hit the wall I, head on. I saw it. And if he did not, if they did not have this, they had they they put these brand new like massive tire walls. Yes. Where they they just threw tires into this wall because they've always had an issue with this one turn right here at Watkins Gun. He hit this thing head on at about one hundred and fifteen miles an hour, maybe mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty miles an hour, and the front of his car was pushed all the way into the driver's seat. If those tires weren't there, he'd be dead right now. Seriously.
2: Yeah, I I saw what you're talking about. I don't know. It was I, I was assuming that was a replay, but that was actually live.
0: This, this is right now, Watkins line is being raced right now okay. because it rained all day okay. yesterday. So, uh, I'm in the hotel room, uh, Hilton on the Michigan Avenue. I, I can't even tell you how excited that was. It's 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. I wake up and I get to watch a live sporting event, which I, I haven't got to watch a live sporting event in, in weeks, it seems like, besides uh, Major League Baseball games. So, you, are... you know, I work every week. I'm loving this, coach. I'm, I'm just, I want to let you know if I have... If I haven't been right with you this whole show, I'm really sorry because I'm actually watching racing.
2: You're living large, my friend. You're living large, working at the uh, on the Chicago River, staying at the Hyatt Hotel, watching at the Hotty Totty Sports Bar. Very good. Here comes a replay right now, and the uh, wow, wow, and the key to what you said, as opposed to most crashes, it wasn't like he hit it at an angle. I mean, he hit the wall head going on. yeah straight head on. And you're right, without padding we'd be talking about the great memories of Denny Hamlin.
0: Yeah, that's no joke. How Because uh, uh, Watkins Glen, there's people out there who, that are listening. It is actually, it's not an oval track, so it ain't a bunch of a left turns. It's a, uh, like the open wheel track where they, get, they can play. It's a bunch of different angles. So it isn't a perfect oval. It's basically they take lefts, rights, and they go around. So there's ways that you can hit stuff head-on. It's very rare that you see head-on wall collisions in, in racing. I mean, Dale Earnhardt Sr. had one, and look what happened to him. It didn't even seem like it was totally head-on, but if you really think about it, it was, and that's what killed him. That, that was a vicious, vicious blow. Denny Hamlin's going to have some sore
2: ribs, coach. Are there any racing of. fans out there that uh, don't like that because it takes some of the danger away from the, the race? I hope not. No, but are the... you
0: kidding? No, no see, if, if the crash is spectacular, everybody wants the guy to walk away. Nobody wants anybody. No, this, the crash mm-hmm. was still as spectacular as it would have been. Absolutely not, Coach. Right. People are not that sick. Hope if anybody is watching NASCAR race and hoping for somebody to die, they really need to be eliminated from the human race. Mm-hmm. Okay? So no nobody well, wants that.
2: And and again, as a total novice to uh auto racing and you know, I don't know NASCAR from what's the other circuit? NASCAR and
0: Well there's Indy. Yeah,
2: what and the, the Indy race? series NASCAR. I couldn't tell you the difference between the two. But if they have the padded... Walls like that big, though, will it not allow the drivers to be a little bit more risky and they increase their speed knowing that, you know, they may crash and they might lose the race, but they're not going to lose their life?
0: Well, uh, all I got to tell you is before they started doing that, they didn't know about it. So I don't think all of a sudden now, I think racers have always been on the edge trying to win. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was always, hey, you know, these are the tracks. You got a wall. It's made out of cement. And then the last, um, and then after Earnhardt, they made the extension walls where they actually put like the, the foam padding out, and when it hits the wall, it collapses, absorbs some of the blow before you hit the, the concrete. Well, the wall we're talking about, folks, is just a massive. It was a bunch of tires in between the concrete, the tires, and then and then uh, then we call it the padded wall, because uh, they know people hit that that area head on all the time at Watkins Glen, so. Uh, it happens every year. Something they showed a couple highlights. They showed like five different crashes. One was Dale Earnhardt Jr. who hit that head-on like five years ago.
3: So, mm-hmm.
0: um, no, no, not at all. Because before that, they they always race hard. So I don't think all of a sudden now they have safer walls that are there. It's like, oh, okay, now I'm really going to race hard. So I don't think it's affected at all.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And and at certain points, they've got that extended. Plexiglass for protection too for the tires. I mean, those were some scary sights when we would see a tire fly off in the race and fly into the stands. I know there's been a couple of instances where fans have actually gotten killed by that, but they've they've corrected that as well.
0: eighty-seven. Indianapolis, the guy in the last row, all the way at the top, sitting there with his wife, good father, all that stuff. A, a, a tire flies off of a, of a car. Wow! Flies into the stands, hits the guy in the head as he is. Blocking it, uh, blocking uh, his wife, and flipped them out of the stand.
2: I mean, the speed upon which that tire is going—you can just imagine. You could have your hands up to protect all you want. That's that's probably going to kill you on impact.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's just a guy doing the right thing, protecting his wife, you know, mm-hmm. and, and ends up dying. So yeah, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your PGA story, coach. But that that was such an unbelievable accident that I had a, I had to bring it up at, at the time. So mm-hmm. they, they keep on showing it again and again. But so going back to the PGA, you, tell me
2: about it, Well, first of all, it's the 13th a rookie,
0: different I mean, winner, and the seventh first-time winner in a row.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. The, the Since Tiger is out of it now, the the balance in PGA golf is amazing. But this kid's—he's got some natural charisma, no question about it. Was interesting to watch the two of them, and there were other guys that challenged, uh, Steve Stricker, uh, our good friend uh, Luke Donald was there as always, uh, Anders. I forget his last name. There were about four or five guys, uh, Robert Carlson that challenged, but they couldn't quite stay up there. So it was basically these two guys down the stretch and Jason Duffner, big dog, cool, well, yeah, cool, calm, emotionless, just kept a straight face the whole time. And mm-hmm. then this Keegan Bradley guy, younger and a rookie, you know, showed some of that Tiger Woods emotion, pumping the fist, smile on the face. So it was interesting to watch just the two different personalities. And it's turned out the, uh, the guy with the mechanical face, uh, he may not have shown it, but he felt the pressure. I think he went bogey, bogey, bogey down the stretch. Had a five stroke lead with four holes left and he lost it.
0: That's gotta be rough. Okay. Yep,
2: yep. Never really blew up. Never really blew up, but, uh, he definitely had a rough go of it in the last of three holes. And they went the extra three holes and, uh, the rookie Keegan Bradley won it. But, but for a rookie to win is absolutely amazing in his first Time in a major—that's that's truly unbelievable.
0: Yeah, that is that is, a, that is amazing, amazing. It was pretty funny as a, you know he's not a he's not a diminutive guy, but he's not big whatsoever. Sitting next to the PGA trophy, the PGA trophy is the largest trophy on the planet, Coach, isn't it? Yeah, the Wanamaker. Okay. I mean, the guy could sit inside of that cup. I'm not kidding. Okay.
2: <laughs> you know, it looked a little bit if you look at Lance Lewis when he gets down to three point stance oh, and man. the Wanamaker trophy. I'm not sure which is bigger, but they definitely look similar. Hey, real quick, Dahl, we got about a minute left. Caller checking in. We mentioned he might come in and co-host later in the week. It's the great Babitsky checking in. Babitsky, say hi to Joel.
0: Hey, Joel, how you doing? What's up, Babitsky? Doing, I'm doing um, well, by the way, real well. <laughs> Coach, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about it earlier in the show. What do you guys think of the Zambrano episode? Uh, is Zambrano done a the or will he be... What I've heard is that he's going to be reunited with Ozzie Guillen sometime in Florida. Somewhere
2: reunited in Florida. again. Big Dog, restate your thoughts for the great Babitzki. obviously was not listening to your scintillating analysis about eight minutes ago.
0: Well, so if, if, <laughs> if Ozzie Guillen gets fired from the White Sox, ends up as a Florida Marlins manager, I don't think that the Marlins would ever take Zambrano because he makes 18 million a year. So unless the Cubs trade him and pay about $16 million of the deal, I... and I don't think it will happen. And I do not want the Cubs trading with the Marlins because somehow the Marlins will send the Cubs three guys with bad knees, shoulders, and elbows, and the Cubs will send them two all-stars and an MVP. No, I don't want the Cubs dealing with the Marlins whatsoever Uh, for this team. Not at all.
2: The ghost of Ricky Nolasco completely disagrees with you.
0: Dontrell Willis, the names go on and on and on, Coach. We get Antonio Alfonseco, They get a 20-game winner. You do the math. Okay, yes, we got the extra finger thrown in. Well, that really didn't
2: help, yeah, did it? Well, I'm, get, I'm getting the extra finger signaled at me right now that we got to wrap up the show. Babitsky, sorry we did not have more time from you. Call in anytime. We're going to get you in one day this week, okay?
0: All right, coach. Sounds good.
2: Thank you. Beautiful. we got to wrap up the show, folks. Joel, be good. And uh, if you are not able to make a show this week, let me know so we can get the great Kabitsky in on a proper date. You know, coach, I should
0: just let me get you the Thursday show. How about that? Thursday? Yeah.
2: You got it, my friend. Be good, and we'll uh break down Lance Lewis and the rest of the offensive line tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. God bless. Have a great day, everybody. Two guys to the mic. Talkzone.com. Signing off.